0: Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online.
1: Hello, welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. I'm Ben James, joined by Andy Howe and Simon Thomas. Um, where do we start? Ne- only one place to start. Never in doubt,
0: Ben. Never one, in doubt.
1: Ne- never in doubt. Was it eight? Well,
0: <laughs> never in doubt. But I didn't see that come in. I mean, absolutely extraordinary. Um, I think we all thought, you know, it's going to be a really hard game to call, really tight. I was looking at the predictions we all made on Friday and I think I went to someone like 21-18, Andy I think went for a narrow Welsh victory and yeah. 25-7 and 25 you know, nil with 80 minutes gone, incredible performance, incredible day, um, one that
1: will live long in the memory. Absolutely, Wales, Grand Slam winners 2019,
2: just rolls off the tongue quite nicely doesn't it Ace? Yes, it sounds, uh, sounds good. And uh, they got off a fantastic start, try after 69 seconds, pinpoint dink over the top from Garth Ansgar, Maddie Parks to score. And really, afterwards, there was only uh, one team in it. Ireland were poor, they made a lot of. uh, Wales forced them into wear but they also made loads of unforced errors and areas you think they would have done well against Wales. Breakdown, maybe the scrum and the line out actually turned out to be weaknesses for Ireland. And that was a, a, a performance uh, devoid of ideas. And you've got to wonder, with the World Cup coming up, is this the decline of Irish rugby? And as usual, they'll fail to make an impact at the World Cup. As, as Johnny Sexton, is he no past it? Connor Murray was poorer as well. And I think we've probably seen the end of Sean O'Brien. The interesting thing for me is, if you make a
0: decision as a coach that you want the roof open, with all the malarkey that comes around that decision and the shenanigans... And it, it says to me that you're kind of backing your pack to do a number. Wet weather rugby, if your pack wins, you tend to win. He sent his pack out, clearly believing they could probably get on top of Wales. Wales are the better of the scrums. Yeah. Wales are the better of the lineouts. outs. Wales are the better of the contact collisions. Wales are the better of the breakdown. Um, so it, it, it backfired. You know, I mean, there may also be an aspect of trying to dampen down the atmosphere and the crowd, but certainly in terms of, uh, I think Schmidt himself said in the press conference, you know, maybe, in hindsight, it was the wrong decision. Gatlin said himself, I think they got it wrong. I think they did get it wrong. Um, they weren't able, because the conditions to use any of their wide threats, which possibly might have been a better route,
2: just going round the corner up the jumper just didn't work for them. Wales, great. Graham Price in his Wales on Sunday column has raised a point. He's got a theory that Gatlin might have wanted the roof open himself, but could not be seen to do that because of the Welsh policy and he's offered uh, Schmidt some bait, and bait, and Schmidt has chomped straight on it. And Gatlin's got the result they wanted—the roof open because Wales plays the conditions uh, much better. Uh, Pricey said that uh, Gatlin's outsmarted Eddie Jones this tournament, and now he's outsmarted um, Joe Schmidt. And it uh, uh, might have, well Wales, you know, might have gone for that. What do you think? Double bluff, and Double bluff, that's what he said. Kidology, absolutely. double bluff. And they've fallen for it.
0: Might have been, you never he says, know.
2: Gartner's acute an operator.
0: I mean, I think that he certainly got confidence in the pack, and that's been absolutely well founded. You know, you look at that performance today, and um, it was the collisions, it was the contact, it was the sort of ferocity of Wills' play, you know. Even like the periods when Ireland did start to get their rolling ball going, Wales defended that really well, Beard did some great work in that area, and I think yeah. the other the other thing was that Wales were clearly painting pictures that referee Angus Gardner liked, yeah. um, I think at one point the, the penalty came to something like 11-4, 11-4 and, that was, and at that point Wales were, were away and gone and clear. He, you know they, they, he took exception to the way that they were coming into the ruck situations they, and they're stepping up offside and uh, Wales were more disciplined in that first hour and they built a lead that gave them a buffer they were never going to be caught
1: Well, I, was, I think I said it to both of you probably in the press box and it was, it was a current theme in our first half Is Ireland were getting penalised for a lot of things that Ireland don't normally get penalised for and that, that, that just seemed, seemed to prove sort of quite telling didn't it in that first half you know um Get going off their feet of rocks coming in at the side. And it just it seemed to sort of kill Ireland, didn't
2: it? Yeah, but it was that as well from the pressure Wales were exerting? You know, got handed right. to Sean Edwards again, another defensive masterclass. They were on the fringes and all as well, uh, bottom them up. So Wales were putting them under pressure. They were making unforced errors. Uh, they were losing their cool. Uh, even Rory Best who was, you know, quite a probably quite a mild mannered bloke. He would lost it. A bit and sexton you know. We uh, lost the plot. Was trying to bring everyone else when he should have been looking at himself. Um, so yeah, Wales put pressure on them. They made mistakes, and of course, uh, uh, you know, they started panicking a bit, and they were off. their you know, they got off their feet. Mind you, everyone was off their feet, but they made some, you know, balmy decisions, just going in blatantly, going in from the side, and were pinged. What was good actually was the touch judges worked real. The system rest worked really well with the referee because they made a lot of those calls
0: it was a perfect scenario for wales isn't it? you build a lead and then you use your defence to put pressure on the opposition they're chasing the game they're having to force things in conditions that aren't suited to force things i remember there was one like huge pass in midfield which ended up in standers toes and you know you can't you can't play that kind of rugby in that kind of weather wales were very cute very savvy played the conditions better Island became increasingly ragged and rattled. You could see not just Bess, but you could see Omani and Se- Sexton clearly expressing their dissatisfaction with certain things. And they just really unravelled as a side. Was, you know, was, Well, the last 20,
2: 20 minutes was just party time because Wales had won yeah. the game. Yeah, you, see, you know, Sexton and Murray both kicked out on a full. Sexton, uh, uh, a restart from halfway, went out again, Scrum back Wales on the um, halfway line. The, the free kick at the back of the scrum near the Welsh line which if Ireland had scored might have brought him back in uh, standard to try to take a quick free k- kick shinned it did he forward into another Irish player ended up with a Welsh scrum said it all really lots of mistakes I mean
0: in fairness and that's not the only time this Championship of Ireland have looked a bit ragged mm. there has been error in their game which we just didn't associate with them in 2018 and isn't it lovely to see that you know a team of that quality being forced into even more errors by a Welsh team that hasn't made many mistakes in this championship. You know you take out that pretty so sort of torrid opening half against France, and it was a lovely symmetry to it wasn 't there at half time in Paris, Wales were losing sixteen nil at half time against Ireland in the Grand Slam clincher. Mm-hmm. Wales were winning sixteen nil But what was crucial, I think that you can, speaking to a few of the players, there was a message in that change room at half time saying "We are not going to go the same way if, as France, yeah. and you can see they came out the ten minutes after half time. Uh, two more penalties got it to 22-0 that was it game was over as goals
1: absolutely yeah, I think it's a, sort of a pleasing thing um, with how we rattled Ireland as you look at Ireland last year uh, especially the job they did us in Dublin they kept the ball phase after phase after phase winning the tackle area meaning they keep the ball longer today they rarely they went beyond sort of three phases until they had to kick the ball away which is you know it's Wales are going to wake that up all day aren't they? Yeah.
2: So you kick the ball to Wales. Well they struggle to even get the free faces don't they? because of the yeah. error in a, their error come. Uh, they were <laughs> all over the uh, you know all over the shop. So yeah Wales physically Wales have improved massively at, uh, because of the school of thought led by Mr. Samuel uh, Warburton after the defeat in Ireland uh, last season that that's where Wales got found out a bit on physicality front but they've certainly put that right. Oh, they have and
0: if you look at it Ireland went against England and were outpowered Outmuscled mm. physically, outplayed, Wales then beat England. So I think to come to Cardiff to play this Welsh team and think you're going to beat them up physically up front, nah, wasn't going to happen. Mm. And they, were, I thought it would still be a close contest, but I think you are in his control and assurance um, with Daniel Bigger and Gareth Anscombe once they were on together after George yeah. North's unfortunate wrist injury. You then had two perfect people to dovetail in just controlling the game, kicking when it was required. And there was a precision and an accuracy to Wales's play in terms of their kicking, in terms of their ball retention that just wasn't there for Ireland. And
2: they thoroughly Wh- deserved victory. Wales actually did what Ireland used to do. Pin teams back. They out ireland the corners and all yeah. that. But Ireland, this Six Nations, for some reason, seemed to have gone away from that. And... Uh, you know the kicking game is not as good as it used to be, and, and they're they moving a the ball more without playing good rugby. I mean, Gary ringrose he looks a good centre, but he really gets his hands on the ball. Yeah, very,
0: really. I think the other thing you've got to say is when you are putting teams under pressure, forcing them into errors, and forcing them to give away penalties, you then have to capitalise. Yeah. And Gareth Anscombe has absolutely had his kicking boots on today, seven out of yeah. seven, I think it was. Um, people have questioned whether at a test level he is a percentage kicker that you need there. Especially with Daniel Biggar on as well, but you know, he nailed it There was one early one in the first half, which was a real test of forty-five metres of angle. First kick, wasn't it? And that was a, that really set the tone. I think you know having Bigger there behind him, breathing down his neck probably helps him once into some performance yeah. which he's kicking. And his kicking was outstanding. And of course he created the first try in after sixty-nine seconds for, for Hadley Parks. So you know, yeah. it, it was a big, big day for Guy Anskim. He's had his critics. People some people haven't warmed to him, but it was good I think when he was announced as man of the match. The crowd really sort of gave him big ovation. I think today was the day that he has won over any remaining doubters. He's a quality rugby player Absolutely. and uh, he deserved that accolade today and uh, he remains going heading towards he, the he, World he, Cup as the starting ten. You
2: never win no doubters over. Sorry, you won't win them all over. Not it doesn't all. work like that in Wales all. and when you're playing outside half of Wales, it doesn't matter who you are, you only need one bad game and your back on you back. So uh, you know, so he always have that. Fair point. Because ironically, yeah.
1: I feel like Dan Bigger's yeah. stock with the Wales fans has sort of soared since he's become a replacement. You saw, yeah, exactly. you saw the ovation he got against England. The ovation today, yeah. they seem to love him. But going back to Anscombe, what pleased me today was when North went off early and he got shifted a fullback against Scotland. It didn't. It seemed to throw him a little bit, and he mm. he he wasn't as sort of calm dealing with the sort of the kicks behind. Bigger had a bit of an off day against Scotland as well, sort of coming on to that environment today. Both of them just I mean, once, had their composure. Yeah. Anscombe barely lost a high ball. Yeah. And He swept up behind, I remember Josh Adams, it got a bit loose and Josh Adams lost a high Anscombe was first one on the scene to sweep it.
0: Well, it's very good in the air again today, though, weren't yeah. they? Generally, I mean, that, that's that been an area of real strength I mean, in, this, in this Championship, increasingly. So uh, they, just, they just don't make many mistakes. This is the thing, you know... They're going through phases and retaining the ball. I mean, today even, I mean, it was difficult conditions, but when they went through, the, they, they, there was still a comfort, the confidence. And it's, it's, it really has been, in many ways, a classic Gatland campaign, isn't it? So you start a bit ropebly and just build and build and build. And that was their best performance today you know and it was a very precise very accurate and a winning performance and was that 14 wins in a row now it is. it's a serious team isn't it it's a serious team got to be seen as World Cup contenders
2: yeah for sure yeah Look, Yeah, of course the World Cup it will depend perhaps who they meet in the quarterfinals. if they end up facing New Zealand the later in the tournament the better because Wales will generate momentum again mm. yeah um, I, and of course they got less strength in depth though the, the, the other
0: person I think you might have been coming on to I think we, we need to give a we mentioned him every game virtually, but Alan and Jones today, I thought was absolutely, you know, colossal out there. Yeah. Uh, went down, you know, midway through the first half and seemed to be in quite a lot of pain. Was heavily strapped around his knee, but just the warrior that he is just kept on going and was just an inspirational figure once again it was good to see every time he went down made another tackle winced again there was always someone <laughs> yank came <him> up crane <laughs> like from the floor he, he is and you know you see Jake Ball coming on with a game one sixty-three odd minutes and who's coming off no it's not Alan when he's staying no. on <laughs> Mr Beard as a break uh, just just an incredible character uh, I, I mean uh, if I was choosing my uh, play of the Six Nations it
2: it would be Alan Wynne Jones well I think we should start a campaign for the uh, uh, fellow listeners to vote for Alan Wynne Jones uh, because it is a public uh, vote uh, I think through the Six Nations uh, website so vote Alan Wynne
0: yeah, I, mean, I think the next candidate is probably Josh Adams. Yeah. And I think you know the, the highlights real from his championship will be good, and he'll get a lot of people voting for him. And you know, I think he's been great. But personally, Adam and Jones just just been a, a it was, monumental yeah. presence.
1: There was one moment I think his Wales had just sort of they won a line out, turned it over, and he takes the ball, like bouncing ball, facing his own line, and just turns around and just barges through the Irish defence, like carrying four or five players. And my, my first thought was. If and when he wins Play the Tournament, that's the clip they'll show. Because it just sums up Alan Wynne-Jones. Yeah. He just puts the Welsh team on his back at times and just carries them.
0: The, the other thing where he carried the Wills today is in the area where they've struggled this championship in the line-out. And it was interesting. Pressure. Was a lot of yeah. talk about it. You know, talk about Omani, the pressure he yeah. put on. Who's going to stand up and win those line-outs? It, it was the you know, yeah. I, I, I didn't be able to think during the call-in, but clearly Alan Wynne was he wanted to take the, the ball and, he, and he, he won a lot of liners so him and Tipperick in particular and Will, that's the best that's the line that's gone for quite a while in, in testing yeah. conditions yeah. Mm.
2: with Alan win with Alan as well what's interesting with him is how he's continued to develop his games and improve these last few years you know he's one of these people he, can never, he thinks he can never stop learning yeah, improving definitely. because he's brought new strands to his game he's much more mobile he's probably a bit lighter than he used to be uh, he's adapted the modern game He's uh, carrying, has got better. So is his passing. He's worked hard on his passing. That's got better, and he's just got a huge engine. He covers every blade of grass. I spoke to his Ospreys teammate Justin Tipperick after the game, and just chatting about
0: uh, when he, you know, he probably knows him as well as most people do, and he says what he does above everything else. He just sets really high standards every single day, <coughs> and you can see it. You know, when you're watching the games, even though he's like 33 now when there's a lineup he wants to be the first to get there you know and you can imagine he'd be the one in training he must have set, set the standards set the benchmark and uh, you know I, someone asked me um, yesterday um, is Alan Wynne-Jones the, the greatest Welsh rugby player of all time now Gareth Edwards of course famously as he voted the greatest player of all time from any country but I'll tell you what Alan Wynne-Jones has to be seriously considered as the
2: greatest Welsh rugby player of all time in my book of course, a big statement. Am I wrong? It is. Well, I think you're wrong <laughs> because because I you you were old plodders. You were better <laughs> forwards. I like a bit of excitement and all that. You know, you know like, okay, we are been back to the same easier now. But Barry John was a brilliant player. So it was Phil Bennett, Gerald mm-hmm. Davis, etc. etc. But you know, I, I agree with the choice of Gareth Edwards. himself He was a wonderful player. Mm. It's great, it's isn't It's all it? subjective. Isn't it right? wonderful
0: that we're able to talk about someone from the modern era who can stand yeah. up against those greats from the centuries?
1: Yeah, what yeah, he would have got it. And, and the, the other thing is, my vintage, yeah,
2: i say
0: Alan Well, the, the interesting <laughs> yeah. thing from my point of view you now, if you look at it, I mean, I can remember times in
2: the I'd, I'd argue for the modern era, perhaps so, Gertrude Jenkins. Fantastic. We're
0: who who, who Alan Wynn drew level with in this game. I I can remember times in the 80s, 90s and the noughties where I I seriously questioned whether I I would ever see another Grand Slam in my lifetime, you know. The world's gone through a lot of barren years. But that now has four Grand Slams in 14 years since 2005. And it's three Grand Slams in the Warren Gatland era, you know, since he came on board when Ben was 11 years old, we're told. Um, You know, it's an era of huge success. Actually... I think, you know, percentage wise, mathematically, it's probably greater success than even the 70s side. I'd be interested to know in like 30, 40 years whether this group of Welsh players will be revered in the way that the players in the 70s are. In terms of what they've Absolutely. achieved, I they think should be, be, shouldn't they? Mm. Alan win a third grand slam you yeah. join Adam Jones, four and Jason Jenkins, four, six four
1: titles. titles, you know. Yeah, especially in the modern era. And, and what? Plus, plus yeah. you've got the, the, yeah. the benchmark of the barometer of the World Cup yeah. in this era, which you didn't know in the 70s. Yeah. Why are
2: Wales doing so well, though? in this era you, know, you said you the 80s and 90s were poor and that was because of one thing rugby league and now rugby league has disappeared as a threat to union because union is professional and Wales have embraced professionalism under Steve Anson so the players got fitter and fitter and now we've got everybody, every Welsh play, rugby player who's good to choose from whereas we didn't have it before we used to lose a lot of the pyramid after 88 Triple Crown we lost Jonathan Davis, John Darrow etc., etc. A team, a virtual team, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which you finished yeah. third at the World Cup. So if you had that. If you study the history of Welsh rugby and see the hundreds and hundreds of players that have gone north, Wales have had their golden eras, 19, early 1900s, 1950s, 70s and all. But they lost so many top players who became top rugby league players that they lost as teenagers on their early 20s. If they'd stayed here all along, Wales would have, you know, had so much more success
0: and of course we've braced uh, a man from rugby league because mean, made to a massive difference in Sean Edwards so, so we're now benefiting from rugby league you know yeah you're right I mean it, it's, it's been a, a key factor that we we produced the talent and now we're not seeing the drain that we saw in the 80s and 90s but I mean we're also you know for 10 years they've just been a very very well coached team haven't they
2: well I think of Wayne Pivot the incoming Wales coach and the Welsh Rugby Union should be pulling out all the stops to persuade Sean Edwards to stay with Wales. Well, you know Sean, you speak
0: to him. What, what do you think will happen?
2: Um, Unless they move. Uh, perhaps they, you know, I don't think they move for a while. I think they had spoken to him, but I think it went quiet. Unless they hurry up and get a move on, that he's going to be gone. Uh, he's supposed to be going to Wigan. Um, Wasps has been mentioned. Yeah, he's supposed to be going to Wigan, but there's some... Um, you know, is he actually signed the contract or not? I don't know, he was announced from pre- press a conference choice, and all it? that, yeah. so we don't know. Uh, I'll predict now if Warren Gatlin ends up being the England coach, which could happen, Sean Edwards will be with him with England. If Wales
0: offered him a continuation as defence goes, what do
2: you think he would say? Well, he loves Wales, so I think he might be, he may well be interested. So. a campaign for you to start. Yeah. Yeah, what he should do. They should be making every effort because he has been a key figure. Absolutely pivotal. The pivotal final pivotal
1: point I'm sure, before we move on to the head on show, is 12 years as a defence coach. Most defence coaches have a lifespan of one or two years because after a while you're sort of preaching the same message and yeah. you sort of become stale. So 12 years to do what he's done is just yeah, it, incredible.
2: It, in international rugby, mind there's a bit more turnover of players. So the message yeah, but, but Wales have had a pretty stable sort of. Well, I think it's six players have probably been involved or were involved in 2012, 2013, 2013 yeah, and obviously yeah. one from twenty eight, two thousand eight. No so there's a high turnover of players, mind. So that does help you international level in that sense. But you're yeah, right; well, then it's then the same one Gatlin. Same old voice, same old message, and he's managed to keep it going as then well. Between twenty fifteen and twenty
1: seventeen, Wales only capped three new players. So yeah, they've yeah. always been they've always tended to sort of. Alright. Keep down. it pretty like, no, I've, right. got, I've I got, got the numbers, don't you worry about that. Okay. Um But yeah, moving from Sean Edwards to the man whose fiftieth game it was today, <coughs> third Grand Slam, fourth Six Nations championship, his final Six Nations match. With Wales. with Wales which is stressed in Edinburgh to the sort of <laughs> the laughter of the whole press room and Alan Wynne jones Warren Gatland what more can we say
0: well I think what Joe Schmidt said was very telling in the press conference he said um, I don't know how he's done it 12 years at the helm of international team he said I've done it for six and it's half killed me <laughs> talking about his job with Ireland you because know, it's a huge pressure environment isn't it and um, you have to say oh, Derek,
2: one thing. Oh, I tell you, what, it's a more pressure environment in Wales than it is in Ireland. Yeah, it,
0: it is. Yeah. It is. And for him, I mean, as he knows, he's done both jobs. And for Gatland to have, you know, done what he's done over more than a decade in terms of the consistency, especially as we've said before in the Six Nations arena, and um, to end it like this, you know, well, it's just an absolutely perfect situation, isn't it? And um, the, the, we talked about the statue, Delvin. He was saying uh, there there'd be even more people calling for that so statue that's, now. That's
1: probably
2: this, that's this. This podcast, podcast's a third sort of um, campaign, no, a campaign, is to get get the statue. Should maybe. should let me ask you guys now? Should Wales did they miss a trick? Should they try to keep uh, you know, Gatland stay on? Should Martin Phillips and Gareth Davis try to? Uh, but what years ago? Try to keep Gatland. Wasn't stay it,
0: on? Wasn't it very much clear? Gatland that was going to be the cut off yeah, the world. I feel
2: like he's. I mean, twelve years, yeah, twelve no. seasons. Yeah, but he's still looking for another job. Well, you know I when that decision was taken in mm-hmm. back in say 2016 mm-hmm. past Wales weren't going quite as well and all and perhaps there would be a natural part in the waves but of course now you've got all this success and the players coming through job is done you know can uh, Wayne Pivot will he be able to carry it on what do you think I think so. it's,
0: it's obviously a, in some ways it's the worst situation to take over as a coach when things are going really well isn't it because you've yeah. got to maintain that level I mean when Gatlin took over it was after the World Cup disaster of 2007 and the only way it was up but gosh he's taken us up um, what he's achieved has been incredible and it does put pressure on people I think what's interesting is that um, again I'm speaking to Tipperick after the game and trying to, I said, trying to sum up what, what, what makes Gatlin so special and, he, and it, it's, a, it's a very simple statement he says but he, he said he knows how to win and he's a winner. He knows how to win and he's done it all his coaching career and uh, he's just a pretty straightforward rugby bloke who knows how to coach very well and knows how to get teams winning rugby matches and that's not a bad combination as a coach is it? Absolutely. And he's he's like a bit like David Bowie you heard of him he was a pop star in the 70s Ben. What, <laughs> he, what, he, what he did uh, during his career he's kind of reinvented himself and, and Gatlin's kind of done that at various times there was the, the whole war and ball and the, you know
1: that's those, a bit like Madonna Ben we what, mentioned. It, it, what stage is Gatlin is he at the Ziggy Stardust stage
0: but what he's changed and, and you know there's been trends in the game he went to New Zealand came back right we have to change in terms of getting our front five more comfortable with the ball in hand and you see that Alan Wynne Jones is a perfect exactly. example of the way they've worked on their skills and now they've slightly changed again because they've gone from back to that old thing of bigger men playing uh, in the back division, which he had during the, the previous success. And the other thing, he's gone like, it, the, we have not seen a Gatlin team retain ball like this. He's taken a leaf out of Joe Schmidt's book yeah. and, and turns Wales, an outdoing Ireland, what <coughs> they used to do themselves. So, you know, he's not seismic changes, but just tinkered with things along the way and changed the way he's done things noted trends in the game Note the things that are changing if you're presented with a problem as a coach deal with
2: it move on to something else it's just really he's just a very very good rugby coach yeah but I will add though that Wales could have had more success at New they have missed some opportunities for lack of bonus points over the years I, actually think I they thought you were going to say more. against Southern Hedges no Haysfield I think No, we come to that I think they could have won more Six Nations titles because England were in the uh, draw, doldrums for a long time France unfortunately uh, have been hopeless for, for years so really the championship for a while has been contested between Wales and Ireland and Wales let a couple of opportunities go didn't score enough points against Ireland I think and uh, you know I think I think I think, Gatton could have won another two or three titles yeah you know I'm not taking anything away from him it's just sometimes that's the way your cards uh, uh, fall
0: I think it's Six Nations record. I, oh, it's a brilliant I, it's, record, it's for me. The, for me,
2: it's this is our first title mine since twenty thirteen. Yeah. Six years. Man. For me, man, you could have won a couple for of matches during that
0: period. The area where you know if there is an area where uh, you would have hoped for better results. It's, it's against the Namibian sides, and there were it was the the frustration is. That it, 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 they were so close in a lot of times I mean it's Australia 20, I, I, think I covered 2012 two of Australia Wales lost by a maximum of three points in, in, in the series Nelspruit out in South Africa in 2014 by far the be- best I think I've seen Wales play away from home we were seconds away from winning Liam Williams penalty try given away so i suppose that's the area where you would say mm. well but what's encouraging is that in his final season that, that Seasons, b- because he's nailed us South after game you know, you know this, in, fight, in, is it, in his South final West? season that hoodoo was going away. We beat South Africa and Australia. So yeah, still got a New Zealand. You know so that. Well, that's what I was going to say. The one thing to tick off. He's be, he's done it as a Lions coach. He's beaten New Zealand as a test of, as a yeah. Lions coach. Mm. The one thing to tick off is a victory for Wales against mm. New Zealand. Now, one, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be Cup wonderful final. if it came in the, his final game in charge of Wales in Japan at the World Cup final against New Zealand? And you couldn't write it out of the equation.
1: You sometimes feel if Wales are going to beat New Zealand, it would always be in that sort of environment. Like had they
2: got through to the final yeah, in twenty eleven, I think they would have beaten them in that yeah. final because Wales, France yeah. were unlucky. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought the referee got a decision wrong. Really, France, but to me, France were moral victors. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know the result yeah. stands, like as you found out with Brexit. And um, how <laughs> well, have you managed to get a Brexit reference yeah. into this <laughs> yeah. podcast? But uh, so Wales, had, of course the real final, actually in that tournament, it was the semi-final between New Zealand and Australia. Yeah. The intensity, etc., and New Zealand, you know, they, they won that match and they thought they won the tournament. And plus, they had mm-hmm. loads of injuries. They were there for taking in final. I'm sure Wales would have beaten them. Yeah. Here's a question for you, Andrew. Oh.
0: Has this been? a vintage Six Nations. Has it been a good Six Nations or has it been a poor Six Nations?
2: A mixed Six Nations because England have been up and down as well. Ireland have gone backwards at a rate of knots. Scotland had loads of injuries. They've been inconsistent, up and down. Uh, France got worse as the Six Nations uh, went along. Italy have shown some strides. They should have beaten France today. Wasted some opportunities, but of course, Italy, Italy if you like, at the moment, uh, still work in progress. Uh, so I don't think it has been a great success. I say the performance of the Northern Hemisphere uh, teams have actually has actually gone back. apart Wales has actually gone backwards since the Autumn Internationals. Wales are the most consistent
0: side, right? yeah. and they've been yeah. rewarded for that. Yeah. You know, it's a free championship, isn't it? They have won the Grand Slam without getting a single bonus point. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's still a question over Wales. Of course, will he have to, to win a World Cup? Will he have to score more tries because their try count is low?
0: The interesting thing for me is if you look at it. I, I as I was doing some interviews after the game, I saw a few players coming through. Um, Ellis Jenkins came down the steps. Lee Halfpenny came along. A chat with him. Um, George North had an injury. He's going to be back. You pick up injuries, and there probably will be fresh injuries, but there are I mean, people still to come back. Aaron Shingler was Faletown. crucial. Falatto, absolutely crucial. You know, Who? to Who you Who's he? Oh. It shows how fickle the world it
2: is, <laughs> not it? Oh, oh, no, you, you did this in I know. This oh. shows how fickle the world you are, though. It's all subjective. It's like George Knowles going off the day. Uh, everyone's thinking who's going to play instead, because mm. that's sport for you. Falatto, fantastic player, but Moriarty, Navidi, and Tip Richard gone that well in a back row uh, this campaign. We haven't actually missed you know, Agnew, our best player, What about best the players. The thing that
0: interests me is, if everyone can stay fit and the players I who are injured come back, picking that 31-man squad for oh, the yeah. World Cup is going to be some challenge, it really is. Well,
1: I've always said it about the back row, the strength, it's always going to come down, probably not to form, but who's fit, who's injured, and it's feeling like that's going to be the case for a lot of positions now. Mm. So, right, Wales, we won the Grand Slam, I us this podcast on a high, right? Who's your I mean, player I said, on the...
2: a high? Yeah, so we, we, we are, are going to end on a high I'm yeah. just telling ah, the audience the,
1: the listeners and you that we're going to end it on a high yeah. so I've probably built up now we're listen not, no dad no. Go <laughs> so yeah who's uh, your player of the tournament what's your moment of the tournament
2: the same
0: um, well time. I think we, we said it Me, Jones. he yeah. would have to go with that I, he's my player of the tournament with um, the back of the tournament being Josh Adams we'd do it that way and my moment of the tournament I, I, I think I actually think it was George North's interception in Paris because I was watching it on my phone and uh, I wasn't at the game and uh, you, you think about decisive moments that can turn to almost. remember when Johnny Sexton got the drop goal against yeah. France You know, and that moment from that moment on Wales haven't looked back and that was just a game where you thought they were dead and buried to see them come back and him plucking that ball out of the air that that for me was a real real
1: highlight. Because I remember turning to I was in the office for that game. I remember turning to our colleague after that, <coughs> game, I'm thinking, "If we'd have lost that, this suddenly becomes the longest seven weeks of our lives." Yeah, that was a great moment. That was.
2: What about you, Andy? Lovely pass from Vahemina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Play the tournament. Play the tournament. I'm going to go. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to agree with Simon Thomas. For once, I'm going to go for Alan Win Johnson for his leadership or uh, contribution. And the uh, moment of the tournament, it's actually three to pick from and all for the same player, Starras. Josh Adams. Mm. So he set Wales uh, on the road to the comeback in France with his break, which well, created it, a try yeah. for Thomas Williams. Yeah, And then uh, when he plucked the ball out of the air against England to score the try which ensured Wales won that match. And then that moment of magic when he left Blair King over, uh, on the on deck with a stop and go sidestep acceleration blistering try against Scotland out of those moments I'd go though, uh, Josh Adams try against England getting up above Elliot Daly yeah, catching it. the ball juggling, and scoring a try which you know if he hadn't scored that try England could have gone down the other end and, and, and could have still won the game that, um, that put, really put Wales on i say another Sam. one that, that will stick in my mind as well was
0: Hadley Parks' tackle on Stockdale Brilliant. tell you what I mean that could have been a very different game against Ireland if he'd gone yeah. into the corner yeah. and it was one of those moments where if he'd have gone a second a, a millisecond earlier or a millisecond later he wouldn't yeah. get it it yeah. was like at the, at the absolute stretch and when Stockdale went past Gareth Davis or I thought "Try, it. there's yeah. no yeah. way fair play to Parks <laughs> he used every ounce he had and that was a great moment but I mean to be honest there's, a, there's been lots of them and, yeah. I mean I, I think if you think back to um the, the defensive passages. Yeah, and I think the, and, the, the and Corey, Corey Hill's try against England. So. Yeah, what an angle he ran There's it, been some great moments. And a lot of the great moments for me have been defence. But yeah, oh, it's, listen, it's great to be able to talk about so many positives mm-hmm. about well ben, you got a, yeah.
1: um, I mean, you got The atmosphere for Josh Adams' try was just phenomenal. But the two I'll go for, um, both against Scotland, Hadley passes two angles for John Davis' try not yet yeah. I just, I, those two out to win lines just brilliant and then the 18 phases they defended in our second half and, and they, George North came up with a turnover the and end drove back was, about 15 yards in the process I think there was a space where I think Navidi made about three tackles in four phases just got up tackle got up tackle got up tackle it's, just, it's relentless
2: I tell you what, well, the other thing that's interesting to me is that, um, is that uh, Parks and Anscombe seem to be building an almost telepathic understanding. Yeah, it reminds Maybe me a little bit
1: to. of um, Priestland and Jamie Roberts at their peak. Mm. Because Priestland used to get the best out of Jamie Roberts. Mm. And I, I can see a bit of that with Anscombe and Parks. So there we have it, boys. Wales Grand Slam. Lovely and simple, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Is, that why you, is that your lucky jumper, by the way, Ben? It is. Huh? I think it is. Yeah, it is. You want to stick with that one? Yeah.
1: For the viewers at home, it's a very, very fashionable jumper. Ah, It's a Boxing Day jumper, isn't it? On that note, you can catch all the follow-up to this Welsh Grand Slam, and there's going to be a lot of it on Wales Online.